We welcome back to Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK. The end of everything lead singer and our resident handicapper slash odds maker slash gambling analyst, Joel Staniszewski, merging his two loves, music and the Tim Graham and Friends podcast with a new microphone. It's exciting stuff. Santa Claus came and guy got his cool extension robot arm. I got this microphone for recording songs and everything just full circle. Now I can Everybody's just, talk just all trying day. to keep up with Gerald Dixon. Gerald Dixon's a trendsetter. First one with a micro, new microphone for Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. Who do I send I the receipts to to get reimbursed for it? Yeah, I wonder if this is a tax write-off of some kind. Probably is. You're an independent contractor with your music. We talk about your music on this podcast, so you could probably tell the IRS that this is an investment into your gonna, band. They're not going to look that deep into people like me. I'm not. It's a, actually too, and it's it's too at the surface. You're a musician. You bought a microphone. I mean, what what more digging do they need to do? Right. I mean, you're really going to have to. They're going to have to do forensics on your computers and things, which I don't know what you're up to when you're away from <laughs> music and and odds making. Never mind. Cancel that. Cancel that. All right. I won't have, I'm not going to call off the dogs. Joel Staniszewski, we didn't get your pick last week because uh, we didn't have a late week Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. Um, so your picks are frozen at 27, 15, and 5. You did give me a bills by a million. Uh, I couldn't take that quite seriously uh, because that would be an unprecedented victory. Um <laughs> So I don't know. I, I guess I could give you a loss since the, uh, well, by a million would be an over. So you well, would have gotten that. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, uh, but the Colts kept it close. The Colts covered. So I don't think bills by a million would qualify as a. Definitely didn't cover. That would be a loss. I um, go back one week for a second because we talked about the Dolphins the last game of the season. And I'd said, if you're going to play the bills, play them the first half. So it's like 10 to 10. And I log into my app and I go to bet the bills first half and the bet won't go through. It keeps spinning, spinning, spinning. And then it says, Duh, due to an error, this bet cannot be processed. So I turn my phone off, turn it back on, log out, log in, do everything. So now it's like five minutes till. And I'm like, I really want to bet this first half. So then I get on the chat on my phone with uh, William Hill. And it's like, uh, well, have you tried turning? I said, yes, I've tried turning it off. I've tried logging. I've tried logging out. It's not taking my bet. I just want to bet this first half. And the guy was like, well, if you go back to the app and take a screenshot of it. So I go back to the app or to the betting screen, take a screenshot and I can't get back into the chat. So now I'm in a new chat with somebody oh, else. And, I'm, and I even said to the person, I said, are you just taking your time so that I can't make this bet? They're like, no, we wouldn't do that. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game as it's about to start. And the, then the game kicks and they're like, okay, try one more time. And of course, at this point, the bet's off. And I'm like, the bet's off. You, you totally screwed me on this. So I didn't get that bet in that I wanted. But I did bet the Bills minus the six and a half this week, this past week. So I take the loss on that. But I also played a teaser of the Bills, the Bucks, and the Saints. They were all like minus one or something to that effect. So I did cash that. So it all, all's well that ends well, I guess. How do you feel about this one? 
the the line uh, and the total seem to be right on uh, from open, uh, from where things opened, uh, because they've ha- they haven't really moved. Uh, they opened at forty nine and a half with the total, and the Bills favored by three, and you can get them. Well, I thought you could get them for two, but you can't. It's pretty much everywhere. It's two and a half, yeah. with the yeah. exception of William Hill, still has it at three. So uh, the numbers have been pretty frozen. Um, what do you? What are your? I guess before we get into your picks and all that stuff, what? Is, how often does it happen that a number is pegged like this, especially, uh, or maybe because it's the playoffs and everybody knows these teams so well? So I think the number itself is a little low. Um, and I think the reason why it hasn't moved up is because it's rated a key number, two and a half or three. Uh, that's, that's one reason why they won't move that number too much. And also because of uh, the Bills not performing at their best against the, the Colts. They played great, uh, but they didn't cover the spread. So that kind of leaves betters thinking that they're not as good as the line should be so them putting that line at two and a half or three i think is the right number to get equal bets on both sides which is why it hasn't moved uh but when i look at this line i look at you know the the power rankings of the teams i look at the strength of schedule i look at the offenses defenses the weather which is a huge thing um i think that that line's a little low it should be more like three and a half in my opinion joel a two and a half line pretty much lines up with you know, a pick game where the Bills are getting a few extra points for home field advantage. What do you think, what have you seen this season about home field advantage? Is it as strong as it had been? And is there a difference between a game with no fans or a game with a little bit of fans in terms of, you know, how much you factor that into your bet? I think the main thing with the, the home field advantages is the traveling or the lack of traveling. So getting on an airplane, that whole process takes time. Um, staying at a hotel that takes time and checking in and getting all your rooms and not sleeping comfortably, eating comfortably, you know, just that normal routine that you go through on a daily basis. So I think it has something to do with the preparedness of the team, but I think the the crowd noise that was piped in is probably on par with, um, with what uh, you, you're hearing now. I think the difference with the, with the smaller amount of fans is that you're hearing more individual fans. So you're not just hearing a crowd roar of screaming. You're hearing an actual person telling you that they think you're a piece of shit. You know? So I think that might even be worse for the players. Like I, as you know, I sing in a band. I have an extremely loud scream. Extremely loud. There's been times where I've been at games and I've screamed and people have acknowledged my scream. Like I was in Miami. I was screaming at Jerry Hughes. He acknowledged me. I went to a game with my sister and I was hammering Dan Carpenter when he missed a kick. I was absolutely hammering him and he looked me dead in the eyes and then like moved and was warming up someplace else. Like he heard, he clearly heard me telling him that he was a piece of shit for missing a kick. (laughs) <laughs> and I've yelled at I've yelled things that I won't say on the air to to Tom Brady to players Philip Rivers. You can, there's no FCC here. You can say what you want. I mean, my parents, are, my parents will listen. My, my, yeah, my mom's gonna hear it, and she doesn't want to hear me dropping f bombs. But I mean, I've hammered players, and they've 
acknowledge that they've heard me. Whether or not I've affected them or they, their feelings were heard is irrelevant, but they heard specifically what I said to them because they've responded to me with what I've said. So uh, I think that that has something to do with it. And we all know Buffalo fans are, are maniacs. So um, the people that they're going to hear are, are going to definitely say not pleasant things to, to the Ravens. Have the bookmakers been giving the same amount of points to home favorites as normal or has it been adjusted? Do you think at all? Yeah, no, it hasn't really been adjusted. I don't think too much when it comes to uh, fans or lack of fans, because you're still playing, you're still traveling, you're still going to a different stadium. You're not, you're not familiar with the wind patterns and the temperature and snow and all these other things. So I think uh, even throughout the season, even when it wasn't snowing and, and things like that, I think it's still, um, you, you still always factor that in when you're, when you're putting up a line. I did uh, read a piece. I would plug it right now if I could remember where, I, where it came from. I don't, but it was, um, it was an analytical piece on home field advantage, and, and it was remarking that odds makers haven't really changed their line of thinking because it's so cemented in, in the business, and they probably should a little bit because there have been uh, – home field advantage doesn't seem to matter as much um, based on – you know, it's a, it's a smaller sample size, and but this article broke down who lets fans in, and so, but even the ones that do let fans in, it's a diffraction. Uh, but anyway, the the takeaway was, it's it's maybe only worth two two and a, you know, it's worth a half a point less or whatever. Uh, but that you can get some value um, by taking that into consideration in certain instances. But now here we are in the playoffs and. Um, it's tough. And the bills, uh, it, it's a new, it's a new phenomenon here. This will only be the second game with fans, but um, Joel, what are your thoughts on, on this matchup based on uh, the spread and the total? Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen a lot of talk about um, Lamar Jackson's comments about snow and never playing in snow and not wanting to. Um, and you can take that for whatever it's worth, but I, I think, I think the weather and the wind primarily will be the biggest deterrent for, for the Ravens. We can, we know that Josh Allen can throw the ball in a, in a tornado and it'll still get through. Um, and so everyone's a, it's like a half a step slower in the snow or it slows you down a little bit, whatever that, you know, tiny percentage is, but being able to throw in the wind is difficult and not doing it in Buffalo and in the snow and in the wind, I think could affect the Ravens more than it'll affect Buffalo. So if, if the bills defense can focus on the run and stopping the run, which we've had a hard time doing, um, I think if we can really focus on that and allow the back end, which is a great, you know, secondary to just focus on the pass and let the front seven just focus on the run. I think we we have a really good uh, chance to 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 really shut them down. Jonah, I saw you shaking your head. At well, the, I would disagree. Yeah, I would say that uh, Josh Allen struggled in a weather game against Kansas City earlier this year, and that I'm not so sure that's going to happen again. But if the weather is bad, it makes it probably a lower scoring, ground oriented game than a wide open passing game, and that doesn't play to the Bills' advantage in this matchup. I don't think. 
Well, I guess we're going to see who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> I guess we're going to see who's rich and who's, who's poor. Yeah, it'll game. be interesting to see, especially with Zach Moss out uh, and Devin Singletary. I mean, here's a, a, he's from Florida. I mean, how many times has Devin Singletary uh, needed to carry it in bad weather or in the, in the snow? We don't, we, we don't really know. Okay, the weather, it'll be, it'll be cold. Um, wind probably uh, because that's January in, in Orchard Park. Uh, we don't really know about the, the snow or how much of it. Uh, so it's, I don't think that people should be conjuring up images of the Snowvertime game against the Colts from a couple of years ago as that type of weather game. But uh, hey, hey, I think Ravens can, I, ahead, can take advantage of the running game. He can be a, a weapon running the ball. I just think if there's a lot of weather, it takes away the Bills' advantage that Gerald had talked about in our earlier podcast this week that they might be able to score too many points and put up too many yards for the Ravens to keep up with. And if the weather prevents them from doing that, then it's a different game. Yeah, the margin for error definitely goes down. Um, yeah. It's, it's narrower. Yeah, if we're talking, you know, 40-mile-an-hour wins, then we're uh, talking about a completely different situation. I think it's supposed to be like, you know, 15 to 20 and, and a light snow, which um, – with, with Lamar Jackson being the X factor for Baltimore, being the person with the quick cuts and the quick acceleration, you know, a couple of slips in the snow completely changes his ability to, to change the game. And again, these are possibilities. I'm not saying that he's going to slip and fall and stop running or, or Josh Allen's going to be throwing darts in the snow, but um, maybe it's just me being a homer that uh, I want to think that the Bills are going to do better in the snow than they did you know, against well, Kansas City. Let's take the weather out of it, Joel. You mentioned earlier uh, here that um, you thought that the number was too low. Is that, in, is that factoring in the weather that you expect, or is that just from a matchup standpoint? That's just from a matchup standpoint when you're comparing uh, two teams, um, the, the, their, their offense versus our defense, our offense versus their defense, you know, time of possession, plays per game, yards per play. Um, Buffalo is, is higher on um, uh, overall yards, not rushing yards, but overall yards, time on the field, number of plays per game, yards per play. Um, so I think that that leads me to believe that that's it. And Buffalo, I definitely think uh, against the Colts, kind of left something on the field. They, they could have played better defensively for sure. And uh, I, I mean – they couldn't cover a tight end to save their life. Like they just forgot that there were tight ends on the field. And I feel like that's not something that they were, they're going to do again. And I'm hoping at least, I mean, that'd be something that they should definitely have been focusing on. Mark Andrews is pretty good. Right. Yeah. But we're also dealing with one good tight end, not three that were all over the field uh, last week. So let's hope that's something. Uh, I'm sorry, Joel. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I tried to ask Sean McDermott about it earlier this week, and uh, he's pretty, at least on, this was Monday, and he was really tightly wound. Uh, but I tried to ask him, a, a, he wasn't tightly wound because of my question. It was the entire news conference. He was giving very short, incredibly dull answers. He seemed aggravated to be there. One of those types of things that's a, a below-the-surface reading between the tea leaves. I hope that, you know, the, the team doesn't pick up on that because I think one of the joys of, of watching the Bills all season is how much fun they're having, how loose they are. I think that translates to 
um, the product on the field in a lot of ways. Um, but we have, you know, we saw it against uh, Kansas City, uh, his, old, uh, his old coach. Uh, they looked a little tightly wound in that game. They looked tightly wound against Tennessee. Uh, Sean McDermott seems uh, rather clenched this week. Uh, but anyways, uh, what I was trying to ask Sean on Monday was the value that you can get from having a close victory like they did over the Colts after a month of blowouts um, in which things seem to be coming to these guys easily to win a close one, how that might recalibrate you for the survive and advance mentality of, of uh, the postseason. And it's really kind of a softball question if you think about it. But he still wouldn't quite talk about that. Uh, he, I asked him two different questions about it. Anyways, that's my long-winded thing of saying, I think that's actually in the Bills' benefit that they come off of a close win. Like you say, you were mentioning how, how they were defending tight ends or not defending tight ends, that they maybe got a little sloppy, that Josh Allen had that fumble. Um, there was, they just came an inch away from a really silly interception uh, at the end of the first half that could have turned the game. Uh, Daryl Williams fallen on that fumble. I reiterate that. So there were the Bills let him back in this game with some sloppiness. And maybe that's what's causing Sean McDermott to get a little more tightly wound and, and more attention to detail and that type of thing. But I don't know. It's just a, it's a different mentality that we'll see. Um, we'll see if they, if they pick up what you're – the, the vibe that you picked up, Joel, regarding... Yeah, it, it, you could definitely compare this game to, to Arizona where it came down to a last play of the game and uh, in Arizona they completed the Hail Mary for the win and, and here they didn't. So definitely in the same vein where you can celebrate a little bit, but also... I like the way Micah High did that too because he did it in such a theatrical way as if he was saying, this, see, we do know how to do this. <laughs> right. Like he jumped we, up there and it was... We couldn't was the previous theatrical. two times. Yeah, but if I saw an angle from the, from the end zone cam or whatever, and he was, while the ball was in the air, he was backing up. And then as it got close, he came like rushing forward to knock it down versus just standing there and trying to out-jump a, a receiver who is probably taller than him. So they definitely took it from a different perspective than they did against Arizona and, and San Francisco. Did anyone punt return mentality? Micah Hyde returned some punts. Maybe that was something that they actually factored in or said, all right, this is the way we want to do it. Rather than be there with the receiver, read the ball and then go attack the ball. Don't miss. We, we have seven guys back there. We don't need everybody on a receiver. Read, right. read the ball and go get it. Did anyone ask Sean McDermott if he's aware that other teams have tight ends on the roster or did no one, <laughs> that question not come up? I didn't ask him that. <laughs> I did. I asked him that question. I asked him about tight end coverage and his answer was something along the lines of what you like, what you're just saying, Joel is yeah, we're going to cover the tight ends. Yeah. It was, you, <laughs> it was pretty much that. You, crazy. That's an interesting thing. Cause I think it had been a strength previously, uh, at least when Matt Milano was healthy in years past, the Bills have been good at covering tight ends. Yeah, it's, Matt Milano. It's crazy that I was watching and I was, Yeah, I was watching. I was thinking, I hope they put AJ Klein in. And I've never said that at all. But I was talking with a friend of mine and we were talking about the game and strategy because, you know, we're the coaches of, of the team, at least in our living rooms. And I would think that they would want to put in 
another defensive back, whether it be Saran Neal or, or Dean Marlowe, and have him be like that shadow of, of, of Lamar Jackson because Tremaine Edmonds isn't going to keep up with him. Matt Milano is not going to keep up with him, and, and he's not strong enough, Lamar Jackson, that he's going to run over a defensive back. So I don't know if, if what the game plan is or if, if I can text Coach McDermott and let him know that what I think. But um, I think that they, they, they need to do something different because, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know that they're going to throw the ball. They only have one good receiver, and Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball that well, and we can sit there and talk about his, his MVP year. But what did he throw for this year, like 2,500 yards? His, his yards per game are low. Oh, have been low every single game. His running is what opens up his ability to pass in their defense. But if we can somehow limit his running, he's not going to beat us with his arm. And if he does, then hats off to him. Lamar Jackson uh, completed 64% of his passes, 2,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions. A lot of that uh, also happened. He surged towards the end of the season. His numbers weren't that great for the first half of 2020. And then on the ground, he is the leading rusher for the Ravens. He's a 1,000-yard rusher, uh, 1,005 to be exact, seven touchdowns. Um, let me just take a little deeper look. I always like to take a look at number of fumbles from a rushing quarterback. Um, Don't look at Josh me, Allen's. Please. We should have played some of Joel's music. For this you're gonna edit break. this part. He's gonna edit this part out. <laughs> why is that? <laughs> why would I? Why would I edit this Just out? Edit this. Edit this pause out. This uncomfortable pause. Oh People no, it's okay. We're allowed to sit here at their phones, thinking that they lost their connection. Listen. Yeah. Why is this? Why is it frozen? I can't. He fumbled ten talking. times this year, which is uh, you know he fumbled twelve times as a rookie, nine last year, uh, ten this year. So. Um, while being sacked also, let's take a look at that. Um, he was sacked you do 29 times. So that. his number's gone up. He was sacked 16 as a rookie, 23 last year, 29 this year. Well, we didn't get we – didn't, uh, how are we going to sack Lamar Jackson? We couldn't sack a statue back there last week. So we better hope we do something different. Yeah, that – well, the offensive line for the Colts is pretty good. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, really um, good offensive line. I, I, I saw a comment from Bill Parcells this week that I thought was terrific regarding the Baltimore Ravens. He said they have a three-pronged rushing attack. Number one, physical, as in turning the and just handing the ball off to Edwards or Ingram or whoever's back there, um, uh, Dobbins. Um, number two is the option, you know, where Jackson is awesome in that regard. And then number three is when they're passing, they're, they're still probably running, or there's a good chance, I shouldn't say probably, but there's a good chance that they're running because Jackson has the ability just to turn a pass play into a run, uh, tuck it and go. Uh, and that that is how difficult that is to defend. So something to consider. With the yeah, Bills. it's one of those things where you have to, as a defensive end or, or a, a, a interior lineman, is you have to try to get to the quarterback, but you have to stay in your lane. If you you try to do a stunt and you get pushed off and there's any type of lane, he's going to take it. Um, and, and when I talked earlier about a, a spy on him, I always see this when I'm, when I'm watching a game and I know it's different because I've never played professional football, but 
when you when you're at the the goal line and you got eleven guys against eleven guys and they're all lined up tight, somehow this tight end that looked like he was going to be blocking ends up completely wide open in the end zone. And my thought is always, how come just one person didn't think, okay, there's ten people trying to tackle this quarterback or running back. I'm going to follow this guy who's running to the end zone. No one ever does that. How does this random person just get so wide open? It's just mind-blowing to me that, yes, you want to tackle the runner, but, like, so are the 10 other people. Like, stay, you know, one person, whoever that one person is, like, take a step back and I cover. think within that half second, Joel, within or not even, whatever it is, that, that millisecond where the defender realizes this guy's going out on a pass route. It's too late. You know, it's, he can't, like, the time it takes to process that and say, now I need to turn and run with this guy, it's too late. Nah. So, yeah, you need to be ready for it even before the play. Well, right? It takes advantage of points. the defenders are trying to get behind the offensive blockers. So what you need to do to make the tackle is counterproductive to the coverage, it, you know. Right, yeah. What you're also allowed to do is manhandle that guy because – Right, it's within a yard of scrimmage. You can just grab him, you know, by the by the Take jersey him and yeah. wrestle him down if you want. Uh, okay, Joel. So for the record, you were taking the Bills. Go ahead and lay those two and a half or three points. Yes, take the Bills. All right, we're, we're and doing the everything. total forty nine and a half. I don't think we got a definitive opinion uh, that way. Uh, what do you What do you like with the? We're points? going. At, we're going every game. Every game this week. Okay. This, oh, we're going to pick all four. Game, okay. Every game side and total. Let's do it. So we're going to go, what's the first game? Packers? Now let me get it. I didn't have those yeah. Uh, ready. So, yeah. Well, first game is, uh, the first game is, uh, yes, Rams at Packers. Give me the I'll set, Pack- I'll set up each game and you give the pick, all right? All right? Give me the uh, Packers. I, I hate to be a favorite, a favorite hog just eating chalk here, but I, I feel like three of these games, these lines are wrong. And those three games are Green Bay, Give me the minus six and a half and under 46. Okay. And Your then the Bills, uh, Ravens at Bills will be the 8 o'clock, 8.15 kickoff on Saturday night. Give me the Bills minus two and a half. This is a tough one. I'm going to go under 50. Okay. This would be a good game to pick the dog, and then you wouldn't be all chalk. Right? Give me the Ravens. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm leery on this next one because the line is is big with Cleveland with, at Kansas City. Ten yeah. points. Uh, the Chiefs are points. laying fifty-seven. Uh, is the spread or is the uh, total? Yeah, give me the Chiefs, but it's going to go under, which is a little counterproductive when you're dealing with a ten-point spread. But I don't think Cleveland's going to do much. Joel, real quick on that, what do you think about? Cleveland plus 400 money line with, you know, the possibility the Bills get another home game if that plays out. Oh, I'd love it. These are the type of games where you you bet on it. Would you bet a finger on it? Not a finger, but I'd bet money on it and then get off of it during the, during the in running. And I'm going to tell you a funny, funny, not funny to be off uh, of it, not get off on it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure I thought that's what you meant. (laughs) Yes. That's not what I meant. Grow up. Uh, Last game. (laughs) New Orleans Saints, that line is also wrong. Give me the Saints and over. Saints uh, minus three over 52. 
Okay. And, and when we talk about uh, betting a game, a money line, and then trying to get off of it, off of it onto another bet, um, I was watching the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, and uh, that first snap goes over Ben Roethlisberger's head, and the Steelers go from a six-point favorite or whatever to a pick off of a fluke play. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to lay some Steelers, pick them, and then as soon as they score once or twice, I'm going to get off of all of it and then just take the, the Browns on the money line, and I'm just going to get free money out of the deal. And uh, we all know what happened from there. That didn't, I, un- didn't unfold the way you'd j- hoped. Jammed up. <laughs> Stuck. But uh, those type of things, I mean, those type of blowouts that are one-sided like that happen, but when you're betting in running, whether it's football or especially basketball, I mean, there's so many runs that teams go on that you can just sit there and just play both sides of a game and just make some free money. But when you don't make that free money, like this particular game, it really screws you because you're making you know, $10, $20 a game, and then all of a sudden, you know, you lose a hundred dollars on a game, and you know your last ten bets are are just completely washed away. So, got to be smart with it. Still, you've been smart if you've been betting with Joel Staniszewski all season on Tim Graham and Friends. Brought to you by CTBK because he's twenty seven, fifteen, and five, and he's telling you to some take all the home teams, go ahead and lay the points, take all the home teams, and go under. On all except for the Saints. Everything else is under. Saints, take them over 52. And uh, so that, uh, we have eight fresh bets from our Joel Staniszewski of Sloan, of St. Joe's, of Buff State, of Las Vegas for a long time, of the end of everything for how many years has that been? Uh, this is, this, we're going on year three. Good things happening. Any new yeah. developments with the band since, uh, since yeah, you got been, that big ink in the national publication? We've been doing some podcasts and some, uh, some interviews that are pretty cool with like some European sites and other things like that. So we're getting a little bit of push, which is pretty cool. And, are you going to uh, get on Twitter for this? I mean, you got to plug the band or is that too, uh, is that lame? I, I'm too lame for Twitter. I, I don't even. I don't even get it. I had a. I, we did have a Twitter account, and we do have one. You don't get it. It's not like I cable. have. It's not like cable hasn't been wired. Hasn't been laid near your home for. Two, I. I have. We have a banned Twitter. I've completely forgot all the login information. At the time when I set it up, I still had a seven one six phone number. That phone number is gone. So I. There's no way I can get the login credentials back. So I've just chalked it up as a loss. A lot of times they have a backup email. That's probably gone too. But is it verified? I don't. I have no idea. If it's verified, then I think it doesn't even exist. I think you should just start a new one. Yeah, just start a new one. But if it's verified, you want to keep that, and Twitter get will will use some customer service to help you recover all that stuff. But if you're not verified, then just start over. I doubt we're verified. We're very extremely unverified. I was talking over you, Jonah. What was that? Just being sarcastic. I see. Not worth repeating. No, I said I'd bet dollars to donuts that the band Twitter is not verified. I will not take that bet. What a cynic. Free donuts. (laughs) Joel, thanks again for joining us, giving us bonus bets. I didn't expect that. I'm happy. I'm happy to get all those good games picked. 
I think we could probably expect that from the even if uh, the Bills get eliminated, God forbid, from your standpoint. It, yeah, you if something crazy happens, we're we're still talking. We're still talking football till the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm going to play all of Joe's games, and if I win them all, I'll have so much money I won't need to do this podcast anymore. Buy yourself a microphone. Be an adult. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll buy a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks.